I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog, Episode 64. Welcome to the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog, short but meaty focus sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. For Season 11, we'll be talking books and scolay. Both will feed your mind and your spirit in your daily service and circus. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the Scolay Sisters podcast, where you'll find camaraderie for the classical and Charlotte Mason homeschooling mama who's seeking to learn and grow as she's helping her children do the same. The Living Page, Living a Liturgy. I recently finished Lori Bestvader's The Living Page, Keeping Notebooks with Charlotte Mason, and I loved it. I bought it based on Brandy's reviews, and I'm glad that I made the leap of faith, even though I'm only a Charlotte Mason admirer and not a strict adherer. I think this book, with the history behind commonplace books and Mason's implementation of it, demonstrates more clearly than ever that Charlotte Mason was not an innovator but was making methods and practices based soundly upon the classical tradition that had gone before. Keeping a commonplace is a liturgy. Although this book outlines more notebook types than just a commonplace book, the commonplace is the cornerstone and the most likely to actually become a lifelong practice, as it has for so many throughout time. Here and there, what Best Vader often only hints at is that keeping a commonplace notebook will make you a different sort of person, a keeper, a noticer, a thought connector. Quote, So copying from the rich banquet Miss Mason spreads through all the subjects is much more than an efficient method of teaching handwriting. It is a daily posture of reception and response. Best Vader continually calls this activity a posture. It is a liturgy. It gives space, perception, identity, and meaning. Quote, As an idea is spiritual, it needs a place to intersect with the student's own spirit. In this case, in the slowly emerging text of the meditative copywork. I have been a copier, a keeper, as long as I can remember. I have a vague memory of reading of a character in a book keeping a commonplace book, I think in late middle school, and I immediately had to have one. I'm much more of a copier and a note-taker than a true keeper, though, because though I've copied many passages, made many summaries, and jotted down many notes, I haven't actually kept any of them. Though now many have evolved into blog posts, and sometimes even into getting scanned or copied again into Evernote. But the process itself of copying is invaluable, I find, more so than having filled out pages shelved on a bookcase. The act of copying is meditative and contemplative, and it makes the thought grow in you just a little bit more. Best Vader seems to agree, quote, invariably, what is drawn from these few phrases is that the notebooks Mason favors are all highly personal as all learning is highly personal. The notebooks are tools for supporting the learning process of persons rather than products in and of themselves. 
Our goal is not beautiful notebooks. The emphasis is not on the product, but the formative process. This is a vision of education as reading broadly, copying down the sentences that call out to you, slowing down and contemplating, as well as collecting and analyzing. Charlotte Mason didn't make this up. She observed that this is what interested, educated people do. So, she says, let's introduce children to this practice and see if they don't remain interested and become educated thereby. Quote, By reading in such a broad and connected way, we begin to perceive glory. In just such a way, Mason would have the children outgrow the tight skin of the parochial or hand-down worldview, the dogmatic or even nationalistic stance, and with their own keen minds and lives, apply moral wisdom in their own day. What captures my imagination most is that this is simply the good life not schooling, and we can all live it together. Can we all have notebooking time? I would be the first to volunteer for it. Here's a practice I'd be happy to model all the live long day. Let's become a scriptorium. And now it's time for this season's simple sanity saver, Skolé. Skolé is the Greek word from which the English word school is derived. However, it's translated as leisure and is best developed in Joseph Pieper's small book, Leisure, the Basis of Culture. To the ancient mind, Skolé was about pursuing truth and losing oneself in the process. The category was broken down less along productive, unproductive lines, but along self-oriented and truth-oriented. To be out working in the world was to be pushing your own goals forward. To be seeking scolé was to set your own agendas and goals aside for the sake of seeing, experiencing, and seeking truth. Scolé means seeking truth, goodness, and beauty first and foremost, laying aside personal agendas, prideful goals, and desires to control so that we can be open and able to embrace truth, goodness, and beauty when we see it. And we should be seeing it all over the place. God is true and good and beautiful, and we are reflections of him, called to increase our reflection of him more and more as we mature and grow all our lives. So is our focus in our day-to-day homeschools about achieving our own ends or about encountering truth, goodness, and beauty? It might look exactly the same in method, but it's the motives and the priorities, the heart, that is different. Thank you for listening to the Convivial Homeschool audio blog. At simplyconvivial.com slash audio, you can find all the episodes and sign up to get an email whenever a new one comes out. Follow the links to this episode and find the freebie and the book links. On a technical note, if you're using Apple Podcasts and this feed is still mixed up after our January site merger, unsubscribe and resubscribe and it should be good to go. Thank you. Education starts with humility. So, repent, rejoice, repeat.